When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How did this band form? Because I've read that you started at McMaster? Yeah, uh, we're all from southern Ontario, and I am from Toronto originally, and I went to McMaster in part to try to get a degree and satisfy my mother, but also mostly to find a band. <laughs> I figured there'd be some like-minded, music-loving people I'd, I'd meet, and sure enough, on the second day of Welcome Week, I met Mike D in our band, and I was sort of profiling people. Anyone who looked like they might be in a band or want to be in a band, I'd, I'd ask them what their favorite music was. And he said to me, well, there's this band from Winnipeg. You probably don't know them, but they're called The Weaker Than. But I love The Weaker Than. And that was the summer that I fell in love with The Weaker Than. So I was sort of floored by his response. And I asked him if he played an instrument. And he said, I kind of play a little bit of guitar. And I said, all right, you're in the band. And then the second day, so I said the day after that, I met Nick, uh, who's our bass player, because I was wearing a Sam Roberts band shirt. <laughs> and he introduced himself to me because he liked Sam. And I asked him if he played an instrument. And he said, I kind of play the bass. From there, the band was started. Maybe you guys should have called yourself the three-day band because that's, that's how long it took you to form. Um, yeah, yeah. You mentioned your move to McMaster to kind of form a band. What were you taking at McMaster at the time? I was in social science. Like, we all graduated with poli-sci degrees. So you guys, if just say if the band didn't work out, do you think that you would be in the political game? I don't know what I'd be doing, but I know the other two dudes uh, are really smart and a lot more bookish and academically inclined and I know like when we were graduating they had to make a decision whether to carry on with the band uh, or go to grad school like Mike I think was considering urban planning and Nick would have I don't know been a philosophy major or something but we were really lucky that we started working with a label like halfway through fourth year so it kind of made a decision for us I, I think if we didn't have as many options on the table decision would have been a lot harder but because we had this opportunity it made our life choices a little bit easier you have Canadian bands like Headley that named themselves, of course, after a place where they're from. And I've got the information here in front of me, but for those that don't know, the band was named after Arkell Street. Can you kind of tell us how that came to be? Well, we used to be called Charlemagne, which was just like a name we pulled out of like a book that we were reading in some history class on campus at McMaster. Turns out there was another Charlemagne who, via MySpace, threatened to send us a cease and desist letter and sue us for stealing his name, which we did not know he existed. He was from Wisconsin. But uh, that scared us enough to change our name. We had been, you know, naming stuff is so hard, you know, when you're naming an album or naming your band. It's a real pain in the ass. But Mike and I lived on Arkell Street. We always thought our Kells kind of sound like a 60s like doo-wop group like the Shirelles or the Vandellas and we thought that was kind of funny that we went with our Kells you kind of picked it kind of like an, ironically in a sense yeah I mean names are uh, are hard to, to come up with and second of all I generally don't like to take myself too seriously I like to take the work really seriously but I don't take myself too seriously when did you guys kind of first release your big album we 
made an EP called Deadlines that kind of got the attention of Dying Alone Records, which is a really cool Southern Ontario label that kind of kicked off the careers for Seeing Color and Electron on Fire and Bedouin Sound Clash. And we used, so that was sort of out and just uh, independently distributed, like by us at the merch table at shows. <laughs> and then uh, we re recorded some of the material there and added a bunch of new songs. And Jackson Square came out in the fall of 2008. We graduated spring 2008. So it was pretty swift from going from full time students to like full time working rock band. And I want to mention this too, because I mean, those college students and university students that obviously have that desire to please their parents, as you said earlier, to get a degree, but also might have that band ambition on the side. How was it like to juggle both? I kind of made it work, you know. I feel like we're a pretty pragmatic bunch, and I think think it's sometimes a little naive when I hear young musicians going like, I'm quitting everything just to focus on the band. (laughs) I really do think there is enough hours today to be a somewhat responsible adult and also pursue your passions. Obviously not always quite as simple as that. And there was definitely times when it became stressful, like we were recording our EP, like, and then writing essays from midnight to 7 a.m. and then handing them in at 8 a.m. and then going back to recording the EP. There was like, but those memories are, I remember at the time it was just kind of insane, but I'm glad I have those memories. Because when you're young, you, you do crazy stuff that you maybe that you wouldn't do as an older person. But you know, for instance, like we when we gigged in Toronto, we sometimes like take the go bus there and like put our gear underneath the bus, <laughs> or take the Greyhound to London, Ontario, and like schlep our gear. And that's like kind of insane looking back. But if you have enough drive and dedication, you'll do stuff that you know out of the ordinary. The other one I want to mention here, too, is High Noon, which gets a lot of praise. It did get you a Juno Award. The, the songs that are on that one is Come to Light, Never Thought That This Would Happen, Leather Jacket, Eleven Eleven. Is this one of the records that you're most proud of? Uh, no, you know, I think I'm equally proud of everything. <laughs> you know, and I'll say that just because I didn't know that the records we put out were the absolute best thing we could do at that time. And that's good enough reason to be proud of something. You you have regrets or maybe you're less proud of certain things. I know that like I lost sleep over each one of those records <laughs> and that I really put my you know, entire creative ambition into each one and the whole band can do that for themselves as well. You know, at the end of the day, that's all you can really control. How people respond to them is sort of out of your control. Where did you get the inspiration to some of these songs? Because, like, in my taste, it's a bit of a, a different feel than what you hear on the radio in the sense of you always hear the kind of pop music from the stations up here, like Hot 89.9, uh, 99.1 back in Newfoundland plays pop. But for some reason, and I, and I have to admit that I'm usually drawn into pop music, but when I hear Leather Jacket, I can't help but break out and dance. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I love pop music. And by the way, I could I, I thought you might be a Newfoundlander, just the way you talk. I knew you were calling to model, but I thought you might be from Newfoundland. That's funny. Um, the Yeah, I love pop music. And I think when pop music is done right, it sort of like hits me in the same way that like a great Bruce Springsteen song hits you. It's like there's clever lyrics, there's storytelling, there's characters you're interested in. There's melodic hooks that get stuck in your head. There's a rhythm that makes you want to move. Like, to me, all my favorite music is sort of just put into the same category as my favorite music, and that can be Motown, that can be, you know, David Bowie, that can be Bruce Springsteen, that could be Katy Perry. Like, it could be any number of things that really excite me. And, and so I don't really 
put them in different categories or genres and I just like look for if the song sort of like moves me viscerally. And who are some of your inspirations to kind of pick up a guitar or start your own band? Like the Beatles for sure. They're, they're like divine, you know. You can't really compare them to anything else as far as I'm concerned. I listen to a lot of Beatles. Basically strictly Beatles and Motown until I was about 12 years old. <laughs> My dad was a big fan and had a crate full of records that I play all the time. You know, and I think the Beatles are just like... If you want to learn about songwriting, like, you know, listen to Beatles songs and the way they use chords and melodies. I think because I started there, I was so in love with the Beatles, that sort of made me want to pick up a guitar and, you know, write my own song and create that feeling for somebody else. I want to get into a few of these songs, just each by each. So what was the inspiration behind Come to Light? Oh, good question. I'm sure I have to think back for a second because it's been a little bit while. Since I've as long as you're not so asking me, as long as you're not asking me to, to sing the lyrics, we're good. No, <laughs> no, no I, I know how the lyrics go. You know, I think that the song is ultimately about finding comfort in difficult times and and also trying to be a good person in difficult times and trying to see the light up ahead. You know, there's a lyric about like thought of you keeps me warm. Usually, you know, if, when when people are stressed out or, or going through something difficult, you're always just, I, at least me. I'm always trying to find those people in my life that that make me feel safe and loved. And I'm also trying to think about like okay, keeping my head on straight so I continue to be a good person even because it's hard sometimes to be a good person when you when you're under stressful situations. So it's sort of really kind of like maintaining your integrity and keeping the, the good ones to you nice and close yeah that's that's a good description we actually used your uh, your song when i was at loyalist college we had a a boy that was suffering cancer and we used your song basically for an inspirational video for him because I, I i felt oh, the wow. same way so i said you know what there there are times that you're going through university or college you could have the worst day but to see a little fellow that might not even make it to college i mean the, the song is kind of reminiscent of like you can go through tough times but as long as you keep trying to do the right thing totally what was the thought process behind the song 1111 it's like you're all done up like she was done up to go to the rock show but it wasn't for me she was there to see another band you're up at the front tapping your feet and I was back at the bar and you had your eyes on the stage like it's all kind of what happened that night okay um, and you know it's just like sort of I, I like a good like magical love story you know <laughs> I can get kind of sucked into that universe pretty quickly and I, I like hearing those kinds of songs and I think for the first couple of records I was a little reticent about being so hard on my sleeve or being just so like unabashedly like optimistic about material like this <laughs> for whatever reason I, I was comfortable enough to, to write something that's like pretty you could you make a good argument that's a pretty cheesy song <laughs> but but oftentimes one thing I've learned as a writer any, any sort of like insecurities you have about a part or a lyric oftentimes people don't even don't, don't see it the way you do so it's good to kind of get outside yourself for a minute know that people might appreciate a song about meeting your, your loved one it's funny you brought that up because I had Jimmy Rankin on earlier and uh, he, we were talking about his song Followed Her Around and I mentioned that I took it as following a girl around and he kind of told me yeah you can take it that way or you could take it as you know don't make the same mistakes 
And I thought, oh, I I thought that was kind of interesting as well. Uh, A lot of times when bad things happen, I just think because of the title, uh, never thought that this would happen. Can you explain a little bit more on that one? No, you know, that's sort of a song just kind of about, like, I like writing about my friends. Literally about a couple of my friends who ended up, like, hooking up at Hillside Music Festival in Guelph, Ontario. (laughs) And... You know, the song's about going to a music festival and then it's Saturday night at three in the morning you find yourself in someone's tent. But there's like the generosity there between both characters that they both acknowledge it's like, all right, it's awkward for the next day but like but we're being very like forgiving and gracious with each other and just recognizing that like part of growing up is like enduring some awkward experiences that ultimately like you, you look back on and just laugh about. And I really like just telling little stories. Sometimes the stories don't have to like represent like a like a big grand message, but it's just about sort of painting a little picture about like you know like half an hour <laughs> in someone's life that might be like entertaining or interesting to, to think about. Yeah, you mentioned just in the previous one that I just kind of wanted to tie back into this that you thought at the point you didn't want to kind of expose too much of yourself in the album, but. Uh, I, don't know, I want to give you credit for this is the fact that when you look at the artists like Ed Sheeran for example who just came out with his own album and it just seems like a lot of it is just his emotion and more people in this day and age seem to like that rather than the same basic song of get money, cash money or a song about uh, trucks and cars. It seems like these kind of songs like Come to Light Never Thought This Would Happen and Eleven Eleven, just to name a few they have a meaning behind them and I think that's what people really like about that type of music yeah, I agree you know and I think more one becomes familiar with like the artist and their voice the more like you can just see yourself in the songs you kind of ruined on the characters in the songs and like there's something that you you identify with personally that you've also been through I think that's a trick when it comes to songwriting sometimes young artists might ask like if there's any any suggestions I have. And the other thing is, like, the trick is to try to write something that's equally universal and equally idiosyncratic. So you want to have like, some vantage point that is unique and interesting. But the, but what you're looking at or talking about, is you can kind of like hit that sweet spot. You're you're in a really good place. Might get a few chuckles out of it, but when I first heard, never thought that this would happen. I was literally sitting at Carleton University. Uh, admiring a girl from afar and as soon as I heard that song I was like the guy just gets me he just gets me <laughs> the other one that I really like and I, I kind of like it I, I know that you guys are from Hamilton uh, I, I know you guys have been to Ottawa but this song I usually like to listen to uh, going around Ottawa downtown at night uh, Leather Jacket I feel like that's just a really fun song yeah no it definitely that song sort of took a life of its own on and, and you know it's a, another thing kind of going back to what I was saying about our albums and just how proud we are. It's like, because we had no idea that Leather Jacket would kind of become the song that it is today. We just liked the song. And it, but to be honest, it almost didn't make the record because we had our own apprehensions about it. I mean, we had to re-record it at one point. You know, the song, again, is sort of about, ultimately it's sort of about like leaning on someone during a tough time. Because even though it's like a pretty peppy party song and people like to have a good time to it, there's some sort of like slightly darker or sadder undertones to it it's like when times were tough in the in the worst years we never knew how to interfere and now you're back and just unpacking but it's those bruised up takers you keep attracting so i'm talking about somebody who is kind of going through a tough thing she's just moved home 
she's on probably hanging out with the wrong crew and now she's you know calling her one reliable friend at three in the morning from a payphone because she's like lost her cell phone and it's about the comfort though of of those people in your life that will come pick you up at three in the morning and and keep you warm and make you feel okay and just about those friendships yeah but anyway i like to balance any of that stuff of a little bit of levity and recognize that not all humans are but dying dark and there's like the punchline is like who the fuck uses a payphone which is kind of just funny because <laughs> like your because your friend who picks you up hopefully has a good sense of humor and like God, who uses a payphone <laughs> yeah morning report is your latest album mm-hmm. and one of the one of the songs i really like off that one that i want to talk about is making do where did you come up oh. with that song to oh nice um yeah making do um it's actually kind of a political song uh, and I like it that people can kind of take it for however they hear it. Sort of a communities that have been left behind by the government or like systemic things that have happened over decades and generations. And a lot of my songs are generally pretty hopeful. But this one, I felt so helpless. I was, one morning I was on, on the GO bus going to Toronto and I was listening to, I love Joel Plaskett, good East Coaster, and he has a cover of the song Hard Times. It's just like this beautiful old like English folk tune. And I was listening to that and I was reading about it's like a police shooting in Baltimore. And and just the the compliments of things just left me like so drained and, and and helpless. The if you go through the lyrics and you and you read the lyrics like with that lens that I just described, they'll they'll make a lot of sense and uh, you know, when you think about communities and people who have been left behind by no fault of their own. Now Max, you were up for group of the year and rock album of the year this year but you have won both in the past in 2015 with the album high noon uh, what's it mean to the band to win a juno award anything that kind of encourages encourages someone along and and gives them a pat on the shoulder where they've done something good and are appreciated i think that's always a positive thing so whether you win an award for being a good plumber or an accountant or a teacher Whatever your line of work is, to be recognized in some way is really, on a personal level, like very motivating and feels just feels nice. And I, and I don't think that's specific to musicians at all. I think it's, I think it could be applied to any line of work. So that's kind of what it means to me. It's just like it's nice to be appreciated. It's not, but that said, in our line of work, there are many ways to be appreciated. There's you know playing live shows or connecting with a fan on Twitter or whatever. We're definitely grateful uh, to to win anything or to be recognized in any way, uh, mostly because it's just like a bump of encouragement. And now, do you just mentioned about your Twitter and interacting with fans, which I think you do really well with. Do you guys control the Twitter, or do you have someone control it for you? <laughs> no, no, no. We we control it. I mean, we, managers probably has a login if they have to like add some dates or something, and we're like in Europe or they'll occasionally do something. But any of like the interactive stuff would be from uh, from us personally alright <laughs> cool that's actually interesting because I, I know that some some bands get someone to do it but I mean if you're collectively interactive with your fans that's kind of that's really interesting the Junos here are in Ottawa how excited are you to be part of it in Ottawa this year oh, well, we're so thrilled you know we got word that we're playing the broadcast which is really uh, I think a prestigious thing and there's so many awesome worthy bands that would do an amazing job playing on the broadcast and I know there's a, a finite amount of spots so the fact that we got it is great 
really exciting on them to put on an awesome performance. And uh, yeah, and the other thing is like, the the weekend's great because we just can see a bunch of old friends that we have a long time. So uh, that'll be good to hang out every day. And what does the future hold for the Arkells? I know for me, it's like I just have this hunger to, like, you kind of get emotional hits every time something good happens, like whether that's like putting on a show or writing a song or doing something unique and interesting, like playing a weird venue or something. You know, those keep me really hungry because I want I want more of that. <laughs> you know, uh, just because it's, I love the work and it's it's so gratifying to be a part of something that's like a little bigger than yourself. So we're we've never been like more motivated to, to working and touring and to writing new songs and just you know being a part of stuff. So like I think I think sometimes bands run out of steam and I don't understand if like maybe things aren't going quite in the right direction or they feel like they're treading water or not necessarily progressing, but. We have our eyes peeled pretty good when it comes to trying to, to you know, see what's out there and see what would be exciting to take on. So, I don't know, lots of, lots of stuff. <laughs> so, so, the one thing I want to mention, too, because you guys said that you just mentioned about how hungry you are in performing. Are you saying that if you were here in Ottawa the week before or the weekend of the Junos, you would perform in a small venue like a Patty's Pub? <laughs> yeah, we would perform in a, a small venue. I don't know if Patty's Pub, but we might have something to work with. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Max Kerman for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thanks for listening, and good night. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.